0: One, Boom! Um. What up ladies and gentlemen? <clears throat> Happy hump day and it's because today's guest is going to talk about becoming a legal pimp on fans only. What? what? Shut,
1: up Shut up and sit down. Yeah. Business the Business Bros Podcast was created for you.
0: Let's do it. All right, all
2: you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessrows.biz/guest. To schedule your time slot, don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Rose Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited, so honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Rose Pod. Five years ago, our guest today had exactly one goal in his life, and that was to quit his corporate job as a software engineer. <laughs> as a software engineer. And <laughs> he was ready to pull the plug on his career, even if it meant making $1,000 a month and living at home with his mom. Instead, he found his secret to success in two simple steps. Make better ads and use just one funnel. Our guest is now teaching his techniques to the masses, helping people create ads for products that feel tailored to the target audience, finding people who not only want a product, but who feel like they can't live without it. Tune in today to find out how Argus turned his life around with one simple, profitable sales funnel. Joining us today from coast to coast in Tampa, Florida, welcome to the show, CJ Bones! (laughs)
0: What What up, CJ? I figured, hey, uh, when I get a guy on the show that says he can teach me how to legally become a pimp on fans only, he's got to have the party music, man. So welcome (laughs) to the show. And, you know, I'm just going to start off with that. I want to know, man, what, what was the simple funnel, one funnel to change your life, right? I mean, Russell Brunson talks about the one funnel away challenge, right? That one funnel that can make a difference. What was it for you?
3: Well, you know, in my case, well, first I want to say guys, you uh, killed it with that intro. You know, I'm supposed to be the one who's good at writing and I don't think I could possibly beat what James just threw down there. So thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Oh, thank you. There but, you. Uh,
3: <laughs> the one funnel that uh, changed my life uh, early on was super simple. It was basically just an e-commerce funnel that sold hoodies. And really? it was probably the most life-changing of anything I've done, because it's what opened my eyes up to the fact that I could find traffic, pay for traffic, and then convert that traffic into customers, and then keep those customers, build a relationship with them through email and text message marketing, and just run a business that ends up being you know sustainable and uh, was the life-changing thing for me.
0: We're right. not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. That's right, right? You're doing it for a shitload of money. So, okay, a hoodie, right? A hoodie. It had to be something that you just grab somebody's attention. Like, anybody wears a hoodie, but how do you really capture that attention to make it the one that you want, right? And then we got to get into that question because people are going to be asking. They're like, well, that's a legal pimp thing. But how, <laughs> how do you grab that attention and sell a hoodie,
3: well, the thing is, you know, everybody talks about niching down, but that that advice is kind of two-sided since you could choose a niche that you're really good at or you could choose a niche that you're really bad at. You know, if you're a guy that is in your early 20s and you're into cars like I was, you wouldn't want to go into the women's weight loss niche. You'd want to go into the early 20s car guy niche. And for lack of any better ideas, that's what I did, and since I knew inside and out, what people like me were looking for, and what part of that market was underserved, I was able to come up with a couple different designs and you know, a couple different garments, hats, things like that, that really appealed to people that felt like they were underrepresented in the car scene.
0: Okay. Well, let's just dive into this because people are going to be asking about this. They're going to be asking me about it. And you're, you're jumping into the car scene. Some of the things that sell cars are some of the most beautiful women that are posing in front of the cars, right? We're looking at the beautiful car. Yes. But then there's the other attraction, the right? I remember, you know, being, uh, you know, I don't know, 14, 15, 10, 11, 12 years old, and I was always in search of magazines. Back then the internet didn't exist like it did today. So like we didn't have access to stuff like that. So it was Sports Illustrated, it was Muscle Car magazines, it was Low rider magazines, it was all that stuff. How do you how do you take this concept of of fans only and turn it into something that brought you the attention that you were looking for and turn it into a profit?
3: okay so that that kind of represents the jump i made from the e-commerce world to narrowing down into the copywriting world there's a lot of different stuff that goes into learning your way around the online biz world and a big part of that for me was getting good at copywriting i realized that product design media buying buying ads all of that is its own skill they're all individual skills and copywriting is an individual skill as well. And it's the one that I had the most potential to actually get really good at. So I mm-hmm. focused in on that. And after phasing out of e-commerce a little bit, I went through and did a very recent transition where I focused 100% of my efforts into copywriting, Built started building this online copywriter reputation. And part of that, is I created an entire game plan that you could use to go on OnlyFans and take OnlyFans creators and scale their business beyond what 99% of creators are on there are doing. Hmm. It's It's a very organic platform, but in the sense that OnlyFans creators use stuff like Twitter and Instagram to drive traffic to their profile and sell their products. But I sat there and I thought, man, what would this look like if you wanted to go really big? What if you wanted to be the winner of OnlyFans without like being Kim Kardashian or somebody who's already famous?
0: Yeah, how do you make that happen?
3: Exactly. So I thought about it. I'm like, well, you know, I know all these things. I know how to run ads, the media buying, the copywriting, email marketing. What if I took all of those things and pulled them all together into one game plan? That we can then apply to this business model that just isn't uh, isn't very sophisticated yet and isn't very optimized yet, and that's what it is. It's a uh, it it's in a space sort of between being a service-based business and owning your own product, right? Because you could partner with these content creators, run their traffic for them, collect emails, run email marketing. And well, then,
0: let's hover on that for a second, right? Because what you were, what you were talking about is exactly what, uh, well, it, it kind of parallels what, what, with what Ollie's asking here. So you were t- now you're talking about these different skills and how you said that your skill was in that copywriting space. So did you have to develop a lot of these different skills? How long did it take you to, to like build the system so you were self-sufficient, as Ollie's asking? Was it in developing that one skill or was it in developing a system to implement all these other skills?
3: Well, here's what I'll say about copywriting. One of the, uh, the one of the reasons I stuck to it, not just because I'm better at it and enjoy it more than other stuff, but copywriting is kind of a meta skill. No matter what type of business you're in, you're most likely going to have some element of copywriting going on, mm-hmm. and that shows itself. You know, for example, in the OnlyFans business idea, where you have to do copywriting to create good ads. You have to do copywriting to create landing pages, to sell signups. You have to do copywriting in your email marketing. So although these skills have their own nuance and details, you've got to learn to be really good. It comes back down to the same core idea.
0: So uh, elaborate on that core idea. I mean, okay, so we're, we're talking about being able to just write the hook are we talking about being able to write the entire story that that gets involved? Are we talking about like uh, you know? And when, I mean, it's it's words that you're talking about here, right? It's what's going to attract that attention, uh, but. Not everybody's gonna read copy, so does it always? Does it also go into what image you select, how you're gonna design the layout of that particular ad? Um, what happens after they decide to click, and you're sending them an email? Like, what part of these these systems uh, tend to be the thing that you focused on the most? I guess.
3: You know, you phrased that question really perfectly. Actually, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking as step number two beyond copywriting is to be a good copywriter, you have to be able to take customers through the process of grabbing attention with the hook, introducing a story that reels them in, tying your offer, your product or service into that story, handling any objections that might come up, providing a guarantee that makes them feel comfortable with purchasing from you. And while you're doing all of that, building and maintaining credibility so that you don't look like some fly by night sketchy dude who's just out to steal all their money. All of that's kind of what being a copywriter is to me. It's not just about writing, but it's about taking customers through the story of my product, of me, building that relationship together because that's what ultimately sells the product. Does that make sense?
0: That totally makes sense. So then I'm going to kind of throw a curveball here. So you have this skill set of being a good copywriter, right? which means it's cool when you have your own product or service like you were talking about with the with the apparel right whether it's a hoodie mm-hmm. or the hats you created your own product cool you can write your own copy cool right but you still have to sell yourself when it comes to like the fans only for example so you know how do you structure or how do you go out and develop the skills when it comes to selling yourself and your services uh, is that a different approach because maybe you're a good copywriter but how do you, uh, you how do you present that to the people that you're trying to provide that service to.
3: Really good question. So when you're selling any product, any offer, if that offer is tied to you, like with my copywriting newsletter, or if it's something that's not tied to you at all, like a clothing business, you have to look at your offer, your product and say, okay, what differentiates this product from the others in the market in terms of what benefit does it provide the customer that they can't get anywhere else? Ideally the product solves a problem for them so that you can then explain why this problem isn't going to be solved anywhere else as well as it will be with your product. But regardless of what it is, a hoodie, a kitchen gadget an only fan subscription, you're just looking for the thing that's going to differentiate you and that you can then lean on by telling the customer, Hey, this is the only place you're going to get this thing. And then look at all these great benefits that are coming with it you just have to focus on how it makes their life better
0: okay well what about what about when it's when it comes to like for example when you're talking about fans only like i'm sure there's so many people on that platform that have the same exact type of product right i mean we own an insurance agency we have the same exact product you know when when you're talking about telling a story, and and we just had uh, Steve Haru on the Insurance Pro Show a little while ago, and he was talking about different angles that you can come uh, come at when you're presenting a commodity, something that somebody has over and over again. So when Ain't you're no thing like me, except me right. If you're trying to be like Rocket over here, and you're trying to be that different thing, what kind of th- what kind of uh, approach are you taking? Let's use fans only for example. What kind of approach are you taking when you're seeing? Similar product, similar product, similar product. How do we pull that differentiation out?
3: Well, I got a couple levers that I like to pull when I'm thinking about how do I differentiate for a particular product? And one of those levers is just customer service. It sounds really simple, but your product can go a long way by simply providing heads and tails better customer service than anybody else out there. And then when you think about something like OnlyFans, where the nature of the product is that it's a very one-on-one relationship type of thing, you can start to see, okay, maybe this is an area I can really lean on because the relationship is the foundation of the product. And if I push that a few steps further than anyone else's, I'm really gonna stand out. So if you're just you do see- Are entertained?
0: Is this not why you are here?
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's what it comes. That's what it comes down to. If you can just establish that relationship better uh, by going above and beyond, that that's probably the biggest. That, that's the first thing I would lean on in that plan. I'll say that.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your journey then. So you you've decided that you were going to be a copywriter. You went into the space. You created your funnel for your apparel, and it and it took off. It was successful. Um, and and you started to shift over to this, to these, uh, to these, uh, fans only. And then what happened? Like where, where did you, you know, you didn't end up living at home with mom. Like what ended up happening in your journey and where, where do you see yourself going?
3: Well, let me tell you, it's a lot of ups and downs when you go from one game to the next. But what ended up happening was I was able to sort of smooth out those ups, ups and downs by leaning on the copywriting skill, applying it to these different, uh, plans. And it's, it just came down to the fact I rode through the e-commerce game for a couple of years, sort of from 2018 to, you know, 2021 e-commerce was in a really good position because media was sort of cheap to buy customer acquisition was really easy and it was a really fun wave to ride, but eventually with any business plan, you're going to see the, the warts and all that come with it. And when you're doing e-commerce, that means things like slow shipping times, products getting lost, manufacturers being a pain in the butt. And after a, my run with that, I just decided, Hey, it's time to move on. It, it was really good while it lasted. And I phased out of that and phased into a some client work and B some information products like my newsletter. And that's been really good and I've really enjoyed it. People people talk crap on the client work game, but I think if you find good clients, it can be a lot of fun and really fulfilling.
0: So I've been I've been uh, finding outsourcing work through platforms like Upwork, finding those gig jobs uh, for for services that I need to to pick up. And some of the guys that I've I've interacted with have built very fairly large amounts of incomes because you know Upwork. If you ever go on there as a you know as you if you're going to post a job, you can sort by how much revenue these people have created. And There's some people who've made quite a bit of money from taking up this gig work. Uh, Are you using platforms like that to kind of grow your business from there?
3: No, not so much. Back in the day uh, when I first got started in like 2016 or so, I had a pretty successful Fiverr account actually. This was my first endeavor into any sort of online business. And it was basically just freelance writing on Fiverr and it was going really well. And then somehow I lost the account And I was never able to build another account to the same level because it optimizes in an SEO type of way is the best way to describe it. So you get this traction and you might not be able to regain it. That's how Fiverr worked back when I was doing it, but I don't do anything like that anymore. Really what it comes down to is word of mouth. People find you online. They like what you're about and want to work with you. And if I see someone that, poses a really cool opportunity that I think could benefit both of us, I'll do some cold outreach and send them an email or a DM and see what's up. So when you, when
0: you're creating your your stuff, when you're when you're deciding which client you want to work with or you're deciding which one of these partners you want to partner up with, uh, what are some of the criteria that you're looking for in a business that you want to either invest in and be a part of, or if you're trying to take on a client, what what are kind of those key criteria that somebody should have?
3: Okay. I'm going to throw down a business model that I think is severely underexploited right now. And anybody with some basic direct response marketing skills could jump on and make a lot of money for sure. I've been talking to a couple guys about doing this exact same thing actually. And what it comes down to is having an audience and that audience being part of a really profitable niche. So for example, the guys I've been looking at have been fitness influencers and that kind of 20 to 25 age range with young dudes in college, going to the gym. They're all about getting jacked, getting shredded. And they've got a bunch of these guys all in a community together, but that's it. Nobody has any products. Nobody is doing anything beyond a little bit of coaching. And if you wanted to, you could jump in, partner with one of these guys and create products, create information products that cater to this crowd and have a really successful business. It could happen very quickly if you just know how to do some basic email marketing and funnel creation for sure.
2: And there's like good at something, never do it for free.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: right. Joker's exactly right. Like there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. I mean, myself included, we have our skills, right? Like I can come behind a mic, I can interview people, I can ask them questions that that talk that get them talking about their business, put them in a in a situation where like you know what one of the things that we do is we create content for people, right? So so there's a lot of people who want to get content out. They just grab their phone. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how, they don't want it to take time to do the editing. So literally I sit down with them just like I'm doing here with you, right? A 30 minute conversation. And then we take that, we chop it up for them. And if anybody's interested in getting that content done, just go to businessbros.biz slash done for you. And we'll, we'll help you get that squared away. But now we have this piece of, this piece of content that they can use to put out for ads and stuff like that. But like, like you were saying earlier, this is a whole different skill set. So when people come and work with you, are they working with you directly Mm -hmm. for all of those things or do you have a team that you've put together for a lot of these different pieces?
3: So my thing is really focused on obviously the copywriting and then the funnel creation. Any writing related uh, skill that goes with that, say we're creating an ebook for getting shredded or diet plans. I can do something like that, of course. But when it's time to do things like create video for instance, or even run large media buying campaigns, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads, I definitely will outsource that to people I know whom specialize in those areas. Because when you have something like video or media buying where the devil's in the details and being an expert really makes a huge difference. I just, Say, you know what, I don't want to put out a subpar product. Let's just outsource to other people who also have their own area of specialty in those things.
0: Dude, teams are valuable. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny you have you talk to so many people who get into this whole. uh, I I call it owning your own job, right? You decide you're at some point you're you're at work and you're done clocking in nine to five, and you're like, you know, I can do it better than my boss does. I, dude, I know this job ins and outs. I can do this better than anybody else. So you leave that company and you go off and you start doing your own thing, but you realize real quick that you've left a job where you clocked in nine to five so that you can own your job that you never clock out of. Because even though you're done at a certain time, your mind keeps going and you're still worrying about how do I pay these bills? Who am I? How am I going to run my payroll? What, what's my insurance policy going to look like? Can I pay my mortgage this month? Like all these different things and it never, ever ends, right? So you start building, you you have to build a team in order to grow. Uh, did you ever fall into a similar trap? Did you, you know, when you first got started, were you thinking you can do this whole thing? And and like what happened that shifted you if you did shift?
3: Oh yeah, man. I caught th- that's the business of life right there. I like your phrase, own your own job, because it's the truth. You get hit fast when you give up that steady paycheck. Uh, wh- what do they say? There's no addiction, like a steady paycheck. I mean, that's the <laughs> truth. And when you shift out of that. It's a night and day thing, but what we a good way to save yourself from that is what we were just talking about, having those relationships that build your team and doing that, doing the relationship building was a big part of what pulled me out of that. Oh no, where's the next job coming from? What's my next revenue stream going to be pulling out of that fear and building that sort of extended team of People who you can reach out to and say, hey, do you need work done? Hey, maybe we could partner on this. Hey, if you have anybody who needs copywriting work, for example, done, send them my way. And having those relationships, in my opinion, is the way to keep yourself from succumbing to the scariness of those ups and downs, if that makes sense.
0: Well, okay. So when you were going to leave corporate, right, when you were going to go off and do and become an entrepreneur venture on your own, did you like burn the ships and then start? Or did you start like nurturing some of these relationships ahead of time? Realize that, look, I do have an opportunity and now I'm going to take this leap and I'm going to go for it.
3: All right. So this is a really good story. My entire story is punctuated by making the worst possible mistakes and being forced to learn from that. So (laughs) start with that in mind. But no, when I I was at the same place for a little under two years as a software developer and my relationship with my boss had steadily degraded over the last six months or so, just the classic, I felt like I deserved to be paid more. He didn't want to pay me more Mm -hmm. and it got so bad that he pulled four or five of us into a conference room together and we were having this meeting where he put me up on the projector my work uh different stuff that i was responsible for and he proceeds to try to publicly shame me for not meeting whatever invented standard he had that day right and since i was a legit dude my team backed me up my team lead backed me up and it didn't end up being too ugly, but also being young and a little bit impulsive, I sent him an email saying, "Today's my last day of work," and I walked out the front door without a plan. And that's what I mean. <laughs> Fine by me. Right? You're like, I'm out of here, man. It's over. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean when I say starting from zero, making the mistakes. Oh, and- wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. Did you did you do did you do like uh, Dave Chappelle? Was it like? you you you're cool i'm out (laughs) it was one of those or it was just a friendly little email like i'm peacing
3: no no it, it was not super friendly i don't think i didn't go full dave chappelle i did grab the guys who i was like hey you're cool we're cool let's keep in touch but man i was just out the door from there and I, I don't know if I would recommend that approach, you know, do what works for you, but sometimes you got to jump out of the frying pan and the fire so that you've got the motivation you need to really get going. All right. So
0: you hit your face like flat on the concrete, right? I mean, you were out of this place. It's over, but you cut yourself off from that paycheck. How long till you got in a position where you were like, okay, I can, I can stand on my own two feet. Like wh- what did you have to do and how long did it take you to get there?
3: Hmm. It was pretty, it was ugly for a minute. I remember going to lunch with my old coworkers cause my girlfriend still worked at the same place. I actually met her at that job and we started dating there. So on lunch breaks, I would go meet up with everybody who was still there and tell them about my little business selling hoodies on the internet. And let me tell you, it's hard to feel like much more of an idiot than in that moment. <laughs> when, you, when you tell people that you stopped being a software engineer to sell hoodies on the internet.
0: And oh. so that- you're
3: telling me there's a chance.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like great. Right. So so okay, you're sitting here at the beginning, but this is this that scenario you're talking about, I tell my students all the time. So I, I teach high school part-time in the morning. I have I have 17-year-olds, high school seniors about to hit the world, and I teach them a course called Financial Algebra, right? And in that class, that. we do writing all the time, and I tell them, write down your ideas, write down your goals. And and be weary of who you share them with because the people you care about the most are the ones who are gonna talk crap about you the most when you're when you're sharing this vision with them simply because they're trying to protect you. They want you to go to the secure thing that is not your dream. They don't see clearly the vision that you see in front of you. So when you're
3: now if you know what you're worth, then go out
0: and get what you're worth. Rocky's right. So when you're sitting here at lunch with your girlfriend, with the people who still work at this company that you just left that have that safe, secure job and you're hawking hoodies, like, you know, how how did you get, you know, what, what was it inside you that kind of kept going forward so that you can pursue that vision,
3: man, you just got to want it. You just got to want it so bad that it's life or death. it's a smarter move financially always to have a side business and grow it while you're at your other job. But at the same time, I've kind of got this feeling about certain entrepreneurs who just view it as life or death. You're, You're fighting for this and you're either gonna succeed or you're gonna drown and there's no in between. there's that great story about elon musk he uh, exits paypal and he's got like 150 million dollars and he puts it all into spacex and tesla like that's the attitude that i don't want to say it's the attitude you got to have because that can make people do rash things but it's got to be that important to you you've got to have that level of resolve i would say
0: well That and then uh, Jeff Bezos decides to step down this year, right? Develops this uh, small little company we know as Amazon in the garage, uh, you know, getting stuff squared away. And now it's this multi, you know, I I don't know, man, I think it was like something over 50% of homes are Amazon Prime members. I mean, that's crazy, right? And then, you know, you walk away and step down. Uh, What's this ultimate end vision for your business uh, that that you have going on right now? Or is it something that you you don't even know, you're just kind of riding the wave?
3: Well, you know one of the things i kind of learned over time is that you know the plans of mice and men often go astray so although it's important to make goals it's also important not to be so rigid as to the point of your own detriment so i just like to take one project at a time put my everything into it and see where it goes since it's always the things that you don't expect to work out that work out and that has kind of gotten me to where i am now where Doing the copywriting thing and having my own uh, information business is really the long-term goal. Um, Agora Financial, hardcore direct marketers and copywriters are all going to be familiar with Agora, the famous direct response company. They started from a single newsletter and now they do uh, 150 or $300 million a year. So I'm kind of on the same path right now. My goal is start with that single newsletter and see how big we can go. Boom. All right. Well let let's let people know. Like CJ,
0: people want to work with you. They they love what you're talking about. They understand the power of copywriting and how much we all need it in our businesses. How can people get a hold of you? Make sure you say it so that the listening audience can hear.
3: Absolutely. Very easy um just go to my website cjboake.com i've got my email list on there so if you want to get emails on marketing copywriting funnels those types of subjects you can sign up there and get all that and if you're interested in getting together with me and working on something or just talking about it and getting some fresh ideas you can just reply back to one of those emails or hit my contact page and i'm really easy to get a hold of or even on Twitter. My uh, Twitter handle's on the screen right there. And I'm on I'm on Twitter way more than I should be. I'll say that much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're a writer, dude. That's what writers do. Writers are on true. Twitter, right? They, they, I mean, limits their character, so they can't say much. But they can say it over and over again, different lines, right? So it's all right. Hey, CJ, you made it super easy for people to follow you, cjboke.com. At CJ Bogue for any of those people looking for uh, Twitter or Instagram. Thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing and dropping some knowledge, man. Uh, It's it's all about – I'm telling you, ladies and gents, the copyright is more important than you know. It's the hook. It's the thing that's going to grab the attention, bring them towards you. It's going to – once they're in your sphere, that's how you're going to constantly communicate with them. You all throw away emails all the time. I do. We throw away all the crap except the ones that catch your attention. Then you read a little bit of those. That's the power of a copywriter, right? The one that's going to take you from just throwing it in the trash to giving you one or two seconds of the time from your audience, that's all the difference in the world. So ladies and gents, cjboke.com is uh, is the website at CJbook for all your uh, Instagram, Twitter needs. Hit them up, and then we'll see you guys again manana. Tomorrow is my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. Mm-hmm. And until then, catch you guys on the flip side. Peace, and we're out.